Well, are you getting into the Christmas spirit? This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And I welcome you to the Thursday edition of Truth to Ponder. And I'm your host, Bob Bierman. A big shout out and a thank you for Jim Calhoun and his help yesterday on Wednesday. Jim has been such a blessing to me over this past year on my my journey with, with cancer. And to have this extra day off in the week where I'm not having to produce a radio program and and give me a chance to recoup and be ready to do what I need to do for our Sunday service at our church here in, in Virginia, it means a lot to me. We are thankful for all the opportunity that God gives us each and every day. And I'm very thankful for a phone call that I had earlier this week from my doctor who has been taking me through this journey this past year and he was just bubbling over and very content might add that from what he could see on the pathology report we're holding pretty stable and things are very encouraging for the next phase that begins in January and maybe we can put all this cancer behind but for now I don't worry about it. I am not obsessed by it. I know many of you keep asking, which is the only reason I even mention any of this stuff. Just so you know what's going on in the background. And most of all, I appreciate your prayers, your continual prayers, and your support for this effort that we put out. Well, are you feeling in the Christmas spirit? I wanted to open on that theme just for a few minutes today before we start getting into a number of the news stories that I've been following this week, I try to look at news stories that many people ignore or or don't get the kind of coverage they deserve. I look at the stuff that I cover, and yeah, sure, you can find many of the same stories that I'm reporting here on this program on many news sources and some that are, well, larger, bigger, and and more well-equipped to be a news program. Whether video, audio, or print, or electronic, doesn't matter. What I try to do is find stories, those that you are seeing, and some you may not be seeing, but I think you should know about, because it really does help you in forming your your worldview. And even within conservative media, as I've said this before, and I need to say it again, there is so much clickbaiting garbage out there posing as conservative news. And many of you share some of those stories. And a number of those stories end up not being necessarily true or being exaggerated or being pure lies. And one of the things that I believe in firmly is there is a move out there in this world to make you the victim of all kinds of fake news stories and information to ruin your credibility when you share them on Facebook or share them on any kind of social media or share emails with your friends. You start repeating things that are not necessarily true and it's all a psychop designed to destroy your personal credibility. So today I want to talk about some news stories and, and 
things that I've been noticing that I think you need to be seeing or hearing about. Because even some of the big conservative news sources don't get to everything. There's only so many minutes or so in a, in a news program. And a lot of these, you know, blockbuster headlines that come out there that you see for days overshadow some of the underlying stories that are really forming the foundation of the world in which we are entering. And the sooner you begin to understand it, the better off you're going to be. Now, I'm going to admit to you that for whatever reason, I am having a more difficult time this year than any that I can remember in the last, oh, I don't know, five or more in getting into what is called the Christmas spirit. And I can't put my my finger on it at all. It, It just seems like Christmas is not here. It's trying to be here. There, there's people putting up their Christmas lights, ornaments, trees, what have you. Uh, many churches have already jumped into Christmas way back in November. You know, I preached a sermon not long ago. I'm not going to share it now, but I just want to mention something that I think a lot of Christians have lost sight of, and it, I think it's a bad thing. We jump into Christmas so early And we spread it out so long, it loses its significance and meaning over time. It's like the endless Black Friday, Cyber Monday that just goes on for weeks. And we play the Christmas carols and we have all the secular holiday music on on radio and in the stores and, and everywhere you turn. And it becomes just background noise. And people begin to fall out of that, quote, Christmas spirit. Because we have secularized it so much. It's just an opportunity to spend money and buy stuff. The biggest mistake many churches have made today is they no longer observe the season of Advent. And many Christians that go to their churches today don't even know what Advent is. What's Advent, Bob? I never heard of it. I mean, I've met people that have been going to some of these newer churches. They have never heard of Advent or don't understand it at all. Advent was the four Sundays prior to Christmas. And each of those Sundays had a particular meaning and readings to remind us of the prophecies of Jesus' first coming and also intertwine them with the prophecies of his second coming. And we as the church are living in Advent. We have thrown Advent out, a time to be reminded of our sin and the need of a Savior, and it just jumps right to the fun time. And I really believe that churches that jump into Christmas and skip Advent are doing a disservice to their membership. Oh, they feel happy about themselves, but that's not the reason that Jesus came. He didn't come to make you happy, to give you prosperity, to make you feel good about yourself. He came to redeem you from your sin that you may live with him eternally. And that's getting lost. And then, of course, the endless war on Christmas. I don't care what any of these secular people say. There is a war on Christmas. It's getting to the point of being demonic. And so, yeah, here I am in in living in what is called the Bible Belt. And I recognize even here in the Bible Belt, 
the churches. There's a beautiful church not far from where we live. I am not going to say the name of the denomination. I'm not going to embarrass it or anything like that. The building has been there for many, many years. It is an absolutely outstanding building. It could seat up to 200 comfortably. Has beautiful woodwork and stained glass windows on a on an enormous piece of property. It has its own cemetery. And I had the opportunity of visiting that church and even speaking there once for a community service. And the one thing that stunned me was to find out there on a typical Sunday, the guy that is pastoring that church is actually handling three other, a total of three churches, all small, all shrinking, all aging out. And this church that once you could tell in its history and its pictures had hundreds of people and young children and Sunday school rooms filled now has a handful of elderly people that show up on a Sunday. And you have to wonder what is going to become of that building in five years or or maybe 10 years from now. Will it still be there? Will people still find the church? Now, I know for me in starting this mission church that I have, in seven mile forward you get people to come and they get discouraged because you're not growing fast enough and they oh you're just not growing so i'm gonna i'm gonna leave maybe i'll look somewhere else no what you're doing is you're wanting a ready-made church that caters to what you want and you're not willing to put yourself into it as i as i'll mention probably tomorrow a story that i had in my own life and i'll I'll share a little bit of it now. I can remember visiting a church one time that was looking for a pastor, and they had asked me to come and and be a candidate. This is 25 years ago now, probably. And this dear, sweet old lady asked me, so what are you going to do to grow our church? No, actually what she said was, what are you going to do to grow my church? And I looked at her. And, and I didn't know what to think, but the Holy Spirit just put these words on my mouth. I'm going to teach you how to be a disciple to lead others to your church. That's not the answer she was looking for. She wanted somebody to go out there and bring people into her dying church to keep it alive for her. In other words, she wanted the church to be there when she died to have her funeral. Beyond that, I don't think she cared. And that is, sadly, the state of many churches today. Commitment is gone. The reason for being there has been lost. And the age becomes increasingly secular. Now that the greatest generation is pretty much extinct and gone, and the silent generation is leaving us rapidly, And many of the baby boomers are also disappearing. The generation that's going to be left will be the most unchurched, unbelieving, unchristian generation this world has ever seen. And the Bible's Bible's prediction and prophecy of the great falling away is coming true before our very eyes. And you can see the destruction of our culture because the salt and light of the church is being diminished. The salt has lost its savor. 
Salt in ancient times, a preservative. We are no longer preserving anything. The light to shine in the darkness. It's being extinguished. And it's gradually growing dimmer and dimmer with each passing day. And so that is the world in which we live in today, where gender confusion and climate worship and human sexuality are all that seem to matter to the woke crowd. And of course, equity and diversity and other things. You know, read a story we've been we've been hearing, and once again, I I don't I'm not going to waste a whole lot of time. Most of you that listen know where I stand on many of the issues. The climate change fraud, and that's what I call it for a reason. All the dire predictions that were supposed to come true by now have had one thing in common. They have all miserably failed and never came to pass. In other words, these prophets of doom and gloom for the past 50, 60 years have been 100% wrong 100% of the time. And now we're supposed to believe they know it's going to happen in 30 years from now. They don't know what's going to happen in 30 minutes from now, let alone 30 days or 30 years. But climate change, which is nothing but recycled paganism and, and Guyana worship or Gaia worship, is alive and well. Because we have a impotent church not teaching its children, its members, its people what to look for when Satan comes a-calling and they're ill-equipped to fight it off. These pagan demons from Babylon are, are running loose and people are listening to the siren song. We were told first it was going to be the earth is going to freeze over because of man and now it's going to burn up and, and catch fire like a big burning ball because of man. And then I run into this little story. Came out, I think, on Tuesday. And you probably didn't see it. it it's not making the mainstream headlines. We are constantly being told that fossil fuel is our enemy and that CO2, which gives us plant life and crops and food, is evil, which only goes to show how satanic the concept is. When many young people are asked the question, what percentage of our atmosphere is CO2 and, and how high do you think it's going to climb before we come to the eve of destruction? And you get these bizarre numbers of 10 and 20%. Some are more conservative and say 5 to 8. But the truth is that CO2 ranges between 0.3% and 0.4%. In other words, 3 tenths to 4 tenths of 1% of the atmosphere is CO2. And when CO2 is around... 0.4, slightly higher, plant life thrives on this planet. When it gets below 0.3, which we're not far from right now, plant life begins to die. And so those that want you to worship this planet in opposition to Romans chapter 1, they want the planet to die. They want you to die. They want the food system to die and collapse. If you hadn't figured that out. And so fossil fuels are bad. 
natural gas, bad. We have an abundant supply that's, you know, they're thinking thousands of years. Now, last year, Europe tends to get pretty cold. Last year, it wasn't as cold as it could be. So Europe survived the winter after the pipeline had been destroyed. But this year, the cold temperatures are coming into Europe much earlier than last year. And the energy stockpiles will not last long enough. Europe, because of the NATO-inspired, United States CIA-inspired war in Ukraine, and I don't care, you can argue with me all day long, but we have our fingerprints all over it as a nation. Can the energy keep up to keep Europe warm this winter? We're in December. This winter's got a, you know two to three more months to go. And so will they suddenly realize that maybe this global warming thing where it's going to be an endless summer is not real. It's not true. All these predictions, they end up not being true. I share this one on a regular basis, and I want you to never forget it. 2005, following Hurricane Katrina, we were told we will have nothing but increasing hurricanes with massive veracity. They're going to be Category 5. They're going to have to invent a Category 6 or higher. It's going to be endless destruction on the coast of the United States and Florida will be wiped off the map. So will the Gulf states, all of them, just destroyed because of man-made global warming and too much carbon dioxide in the air. By the way, a typical warm sunny day, whether in the northern or southern hemisphere, generates more CO2 in a day than mankind has produced in the history of mankind. But we don't want to talk about facts. They get in the way of the narrative. And so we were told all these horrible hurricanes. And and then we heard this past weekend, the the tornadoes in in Nashville all must be because of man-made climate change. And yet you can go back in history, 50, 100 years ago or more, and storms like this do occur. It just takes the right moving of frontal systems in a certain pattern where they collide, mix, and combine. And you can get some pretty volatile weather at any time of the year. It doesn't matter. But they don't want to talk about that because it ruins their narrative. It ruins their agenda. And so right now, Europe is concerned. There may not be enough energy to really keep them warm for the entirety of what could be a long and very warm winter. Then we have inflation. I I wish I I could show you a video. It only lasts a matter of seconds. It's funny. It, It comes from an old Three Stooges short film. And essentially, Larry has got a $10 bill. And Mo says to Larry, hey, you owe me $20. And Larry goes, well, here's 10 of it. I still owe you 10 more. Okay. And then I guess it's Curly, or maybe I can't remember which one uh, was playing the part, goes, hey, Mo, you you still owe me $20. And, And Mo goes, hey, here's 10. So Mo gives the 10 he just got from Larry and gives it to, to Curly or Champ, whichever it was in, in this, I can't remember. And then all of a sudden go, um, 
Shemp goes, hey, hey, Larry, you remember that $10 I owed you? Yeah, well, here it is. And suddenly, Larry's realizing, you know, everybody, nobody's any different than they were. Welcome to Bidenomics. It's a shell game. It's a money shell game. And they keep spending money we don't have. They keep printing more. And the more that they print, the less the money you have becomes worth. Now, I want to share one more story here about Bidenomics. Now, there was a story out there the other day as well that President Biden recently repeated this claim that these high prices that you're seeing out there are caused by greedy businesses. And now Biden is not alone in trying to gaslight people into thinking that the inflation is all the private individuals and evil corporations and not the phony, fake, funny money that we have, that we've been living under since 1971. You know, I was reading a story that's kind of related to this as well. There's a college near Albany, New York, St. Rose College, been there for years, it is pretty much bankrupt and shutting its doors. And all these small businesses are lamenting with the college gone, they're in a world of hurt. And people are writing in comments saying, well, what they need to do is get together and have rent control and they need to do this and need to do that. And, 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 I'm, and I'm saying your, your real problem is you're spending money you don't have. The state of New York has, uh, unfortunately a history of high taxation, high regulation, high control, zoning requirements. In other words, it is a very business-unfriendly state, and it taxes its people to the max. If people are born and raised there, they don't know that there is a world outside of New York oftentimes. And so how do you plan on lowering rents when all of your other costs that government is forcing are going up? And, ha- and the government spending is reducing the value of the money you have left. Of course, the prices are going to go up. It's by design, if you hadn't figured it out. Inflation is taxation to the wealthy. I mean, to keep the wealthy and the elites going. They just make your money worth less, and you got it's it, they're they're the ones only ones benefiting, especially when they're lending. Money back to you that's funny money at 22.5% or 29% interest on a credit card. The whole system's designed to, to fleece the flock, and that's you and me and everybody else. And so they, they perpetuate this lie. Oh, it's the businesses. It's the companies. They're all evil. Let me tell you something. And then you get these idiots, and I'm going to come out and say it. I know i got to take a break here in a couple of minutes, but I need to say this. I don't care if you live in Canada, United States, United Kingdom, Australia, any Western country that taxes and has value-added taxes, tax after tax after tax, embedded taxes on every item along the way, from the raw goods to the processes to the regulations, tax after tax piled on to the cost of goods. And then you get some bozo that says, we need to increase the, the taxes on Corporate profits. We need more. We need to tax the profits. Okay. The businesses could care less what kind of tax you put on their profit because they're not paying it. You are. Businesses that are 
given high taxes, only pass it on to the end user, which is you and I. They don't pay taxes. They're tax collectors. When the United States puts a tax on something to a business, they just add it to the cost of the goods and you pay it. They're not going to pay it. And so when people come up with these lame brain, hair brain schemes, oh, we just need, all we need to do is just, you know, tax the wealthy and, and do this. And they don't understand that we're living on funny money that has no value. And the more funny money in circulation, which is borrowed money, and right now $33 trillion at the federal government level alone, the money that you had in your wallet two years ago is worth less. 1975. Married. Small family. Small starter house. Little three-bedroom. One and a half bath, new home. I mean, the house was just a few years old. And I can remember the house payment, including taxes and insurance, okay? And there was no such thing as a 30-year mortgage. I think this was just a 20. 20-year mortgage. The house payment... 1975, $110 a month. At that time, I made $150 a week. My wife made about $95 a week, 80 to 95, it varied a little bit. And so between the two of us, we made $225 to $250 in most weeks or about $1,000 a month. And our house payment was $100 and, and like $10. Our house payment was 10% of our net, or pretty much, when you think after taxes, I'm doing a quick math here. Uh, we had a little under, well, we'll, we'll say 12%, 12 to 15% of our monthly take-home income was the house payment. Our phone bill and power bill, our natural gas bill, probably together would average maybe another $80 to $100 or so a month. And water bill was almost non-existent. It was like, you know, 8 $9 a month. In other words, in 1975, we owned two cars that were paid for because I was buying used cars. They weren't brand new. We, we did get a short-term loan for less than a year on buying a used car, a 73 Ford LTD Brome, and we had money to put down on the car. But, but this just to give you an idea of what inflation has done. I worked at a small town radio station, a little AM and FM. She worked at a locally owned a pharmacy drugstore that had a luncheonette counter. That's actually where I met her, at the luncheonette counter, my first day in town when I took that job at the radio station. And there you we had this income, and we were able to buy groceries, and we used to carry cash 
What a concept. In our wallets, I didn't have any credit cards. Didn't even want a credit card. I had no, th- never desired when we had a checking account and we had cash. Went to the grocery store. $25, $30 later, we, the trunk is full and I had a big car. What happened? That house, if you were to buy it today in that little town in Georgia, is going to be close to $200,000. I think it's like $186,000. That same little house. $30 in groceries, not going to even fill a small bag, let alone feed a family of three or four. Health insurance came with my job for the entire family. My little $150 a week job came with full medical benefits for my entire family. Today, health care costs are chewing up 30% of your income for some families that don't work for some big company and they have to buy their own insurance. My wife probably, look, if I had stayed working where I was at, In a year or two, I would have been making enough money where my wife could have just stayed home all the time or worked part-time for fun money if she felt like it. That was the economy of 1975. It's not that anymore. People are struggling. The cost of everything has gone up. Back then, gas was pretty much around 50 cents a gallon or less. Cars were a fraction of what they were today, brand new. You could buy a brand new car for, you know, basically 10% of what a car costs today. Oh, I know cars are better and they're, they got computerized systems, but they're even cheaper to make than what they had before. It's the cost of doing business. It is the cost of ever-increasing taxes and ever-borrowed money by the government devaluing everything you've got. One last thought. On inflation, I got a couple of, I mean, I I really want to finish this, this out. Trying to minimize the harm of inflation. There are people in government and media, they'll insist that while prices for goods are higher than they were, especially pre-lockdown of the, of the coronavirus, they're still lower than the prices in the 90s when you consider the quality of these goods have increased. Well, the argument is that buyers are getting a higher value today than 30 years ago. And, of course, increased quality is driven by market-driven innovations in need and technology advances. If America had had a free market monetary system instead of this central bank-controlled garbage currency... Prices would drop as quality increases. But that's not happening. And you can't ignore the fact the Federal Reserve's devaluation of the dollar's purchasing power creates an incentive for individuals to spend money as soon as they receive it and a total disincentive for them to save. You know, I can remember back in 1975. What was it, like 5 6%, 7% on a passbook savings account? We had a little Christmas club, and we had a savings account. We put money in. That's how we were able to get the down payment for a car. And trading in a car and and all things combined, come out with a nicer car. And just a one-year small payment. 
maybe it was 18 months, I can't remember. It wasn't, wasn't that long and it wasn't that bad. We were able to adjust for it and make it happen. We are spending money we don't have, putting our great-grandchildren and great-great-grandchildren, if Jesus tarries that long, into absolute and total financial peril. And I really believe it is possible in my lifetime for this entire fiat economy, garbage money to just collapse. And that's when they'll try to usher in a central bank digital currency where cash is dead and everything is going to be based on social credit scores and you doing what the government tells you what to do. I'll pick up on that happy thought on the other side of the break and actually before the program is over. Yeah, I got a couple of stories that are not really encouraging, but we will end up on an encouraging note. That I do promise. Right now, we are right here in the middle of the month of December, more or less. Here it is, you know, the 14th of the month. Two weeks and a couple of days from now, it's going to be the end of December and the beginning of a brand new year and month. And I want to thank all of you. Many of you have been with me for over three years and have faithfully kept us on the air. And for that, I am truly thankful. I know that one of the frequencies earlier this week was having issues out of WRMI, uh, the 9455 kilohertz, which runs later at night. There was some issues with the transmitter, and and they're doing the best they can to get them resolved. I mean, understand, there's no surplus of broadcast engineers running around and there's no most people that work on this equipment are my age or older and I'm 69 and a lot of this equipment is getting old and people say well why don't they buy a new one well shortwave transmitters at that power level are now cost prohibitive you just can't buy them anymore I'm sorry that that's the world in which we live and there's no solid-state breakthroughs you can use here in the United States. I mean, they just don't exist. I mean, that's just the reality. I've been doing this for 50 years. I do it. I'm up close and personal. And so trust me on that. But we still believe in shortwave because it's one of the last frontiers of free speech where I can do a radio program like this and I don't have to worry about Google or YouTube or, or Fascist Book or anybody else pulling the plug. And I'm not dependent upon outside servers. I mean, I'm trying to develop ones internally for what we do here. But even even that someday could be limited. But on shortwave, we can cross state borders and international borders and reach what I think is becoming a growing audience. The government wants to minimize AM radio, the part people really do. And they say, well, it's because of the electric cars. They interfere with it. Well, that can be dealt with. Um, Seriously, that could be dealt with. But AM radio is where you find a lot of talk radio programming. So I'm sure that for some people in politics, there's an incentive to let it die, get it out of the dashboard of a car, because that's where the majority of AM radio had been listened to over the past 10 to 15, 20 years. And so as it disappears, I'm sure some of these talk shows might move to FM. 
But everybody's pushing the connected dashboard. And I'll pick up on that thought after the break. If you believe in this ministry, my time is free. I I don't get paid to do this radio program. I don't get paid to pastor the church that I'm currently leading. God takes care of my need. But some of the needs for ministry and this radio program, that's where I come to you. My wife and I can only give so much toward these ministries ourselves. And so that's why we ask for your support. Airtime is not cheap. If you, for the first time, would consider supporting this radio ministry, would you do so? And you can do that by making a check or money order payable to Ancient Word Radio. Ancient Word Radio. And the mailing address is Post Office Box 510. Post Office Box 510. The city is Chilhowee, C-H-I-L-H-O-W-I-E, Chilhowee, Virginia, zip code 24319, Ancient Word Radio, P.O. Box 510, Chilhowee, Virginia, zip code 24319. Now, if you're looking for a pen or pencil, go ahead and do that now, as I explain to others how to support us online. You can go to the radio state, the radio program's website, which is truth, the numeral or number two, ponder.com, truth2ponder.com. And there, we don't have some big button on the opening page, donate now. Some people say I should, and I'm just, I, I just don't feel like doing it that way. But if you go to the menu, whether you're on a phone or a, a computer, just Look for the menu tab that says support. Tap that page, and at the support page, you'll see two options. Number one, you'll find the mailing address I just gave. So if you can get online and you you can't write the address down, you can find it there. But there's also a link to use Give, Send, Go. Give, Send, Go. They are a Christian online processor for donations and they have been outstanding to deal with sure they have service fees a company like that has to to make it possible for them to be in business but for many of you for many of you it's a convenient and easier way to support the radio ministry i know one person that goes to their bank and has it set up where it's auto paid in a check form and mailed to me on a regular basis. A couple of people have been doing that. So there are ways to give. So the website truth, the numeral two or number two ponder.com or once again, ancient word radio. That's how you make out the check or money order. Ancient word radio post office box 510 post office box 510 Chilhowee C-H-I-L-H-O-W-I-E Chilhowee, Virginia, and the zip code is 24319. That's 24319. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. Messiah's Hanukkah. Shalom Alechem. This is 
Jonathan Kahn, the nice Jewish boy, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. Did you know that Hanukkah, the festival of lights, never appears in the Hebrew scriptures, only in the New Testament? That's right. John 10, 22 says, then came the feast of dedication. Well, it was winter. That's Hanukkah. The word dedication in Hebrew is Hanukkah. And it says Messiah, Yeshua, was in the temple courts. He's walking along the colonnade of Solomon. It's Hanukkah. There are oil lights all around, the Feast of Lights. And the Jewish people gather around. They say, how long will you keep us in suspense? If you're a Messiah, tell us plainly. And he answers, I did tell you, but you didn't believe me. The miracles I do in my Father's name speak for me. Well, what he's saying is, listen, I did tell you I am the Messiah, The miracles I do speak for me. You see, it's the Feast of Lights. Now, a light doesn't have to wear a sign or a name tag. The light bears witness of what it is. So with Messiah, he's the light of the world. The radiance of his life bears witness and says who he is. And if you are his, if you belong to him, you're to be a little version of him. You follow him. You're to be a light too. How will people know you're a light? Well, because you you put on a name tag that says, I'm a light. Not really but by the radiance of God in you. They'll know you by the light, the light by your love. They'll know you the light by your joy, by your good works, by your preaching, by the gospel. They'll know you are a light by your life. And if you don't have that, it doesn't matter how much you say. So let your light shine before heaven. They may see your good works and glorify God. The light of God is not a candle, but a life on fire for him. Happy Hanukkah, my friend. Now, want more? And more of these two? Well, here's the free gift for you. The Mystery of the Temple Doors. You'll love it. And Sapphires with the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus and more teachings and special teachings and updates on Israel, world events and prophecy and the secrets of strength and victory. How do you get these gifts free? Easy. Just remember Jesus' real Hebrew name, Yeshua, and you dial it. That's it. So just dial 1-800-YESHUA-1. You will be blessed, but call now. That's 1-800-YESHUA-1. I invite you to join me in bringing salvation, the light back to God's ancient nation Israel and the unreached peoples on five continents with over a billion people. It's amazing. You can imagine blanketing the world with the gospel. Through shortwave radio, we do it every week and you can be part. It's incredible. Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. That's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Now you can write me direct. Here's how. Just write to the nice Jewish boy, Box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. It's a nice Jewish boy, 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. Well, till next time, this is Jonathan Kahn saying, shine your light, my friend, arise and shine, because Messiah has come, and he's the Or HaOlam, the light of the world. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And I welcome you back to a kind of shortened part two of our Thursday edition of Truth to Ponder. I went a little bit longer than I really anticipated in the first segment, but things just kept coming to mind that I wanted to share with you. And I just want to close on this one thought, just so you don't miss it. The inflation we are experiencing today, we've had inflation on and off in varying degrees my entire lifetime. And and really, it sources from debt, and it is government debt. And right now, you've got the Uniparty in Washington that really doesn't care. They talk a great game. Oh, we got to do something about the debt. Let's borrow more money. I don't care if you're a Republican or a Democrat. 
you got way too many, the majority, that just keep kicking the can down the road because they figure, well, I'm I'm 55 or I'm 65, and when it all comes crashing down in what they think is 20 or 30 years, it may be 20 or 30 months, it won't be their problem. And this mentality of kicking the can down the road and realizing that our debt keeps getting closer and closer to our gross national product, when we exceed that, we're doomed. And we're getting there with no end in sight. Inflation is nothing more than money creation by the Federal Reserve, which have never should have been permitted to happen under the Woodrow Wilson administration. It's To me, I think it's unconstitutional. That's my opinion. I, I don't think that our founding fathers ever wanted private bankers to run the currency of the United States. And the high prices are symptoms of the inflation caused by the government. Not just, it's not greedy businesses. All they do is pass their cost on to you. And they do their best, the federal government, to destroy competition. They, they favor companies. Nazi Germany did that. They favored certain companies like BMW and, and, and many of the war machinery manufacturers, banks and media companies. They were favored and allowed to become wealthy because they did the government's bidding. We're doing the same thing today. And then out of the other side of the mouth, we hear, oh, just tax them all. Well, that, they're coming after your money. Congress has got to cut spending and audit and then get rid of the Fed. Take it all back the way the Constitution stated. Enough. Time to move on. There are other stories that I'm seeing that that I find troublesome. And once again, this shows you where we are as a nation. There was a story that was run, uh, I think, this past Monday on a radio station out west in Seattle, I believe, KTTH, and the story headlined, Seattle student failed quiz for saying men can't get pregnant. You heard it right. This is not an exaggeration. There was a question on a quiz given to a student. And it started out, this is a, after a diverse, I can't stand that word anymore. It's been so abused and misused and distorted. A diverse 10th grade ethics studies world history teacher at the Chief Self International High School in Seattle gave students a quiz titled Understanding Gender Versus Sex. Now, this fraudulent, phony quiz had a series of true and false answers and a a few multiple choice. In other words, they're going to guide you into what I call a push-pull. you got to do it their way or you're going to fail. There there was no room for any kind of an essay, which they really should have had, like, uh, what is a woman would have been a great essay, but they didn't bother to do that. The entire quiz we are now seeing was a bunch of gobbledygook and testing for proper pronoun usage in various, you know, weird and bizarre and sick scenarios. 
trying to get the students to properly uh, get the ability to identify people's private sexual perversions and whether trans people are maybe gay or not. How do you, where did this come from? Well, I know where it comes from. The Bible even says where this comes from in 2 Thessalonians. This is delusion. These people are such anti-God haters, earth worshipers, and they've chosen to believe lies that God has said, fine, believe them. I'm going to give you over to the lie where now that's what you really believe. You're going to believe a lie because you can no longer, you have been blinded to the truth. And that's where much of education is today. Given over to Satan and lies. And they're not coming back. I really believe some of these educators that want to butcher children, groom them, change their bodies, their genders, their sexuality, and their orientation, that they think that that's their job. These satanic, evil, demonically possessed individuals have been given over to hell. And they have no redemption in them any longer. I really believe that we've come to that point of 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Given the Bible says, now listen, it says, they will be given over to mass delusion unto their own damnation. It didn't say given over to this delusion for a period and then they can fix it. No, they have damned themselves in this lifetime. Willingly. And the sooner you understand that much of education has damned themselves in the eyes of God, the better off you're going to be to understand that public education is getting increasingly dangerous. It is already a lost cause in Seattle. Now, there were some questions, like questions four and seven. Question four was a true or false biology question. You ready for this? This I'm, I'm just going to read. This is a question given to 10th graders in Seattle at this school. True or false, all men have penises. And then question seven. Also, a biology question, true or false, only women can get pregnant. Now, this young student uh, wrote down, he answered, true, men have penises, and true, only men can get pregnant, and because of that, he failed, because there's the correct, the politically correct, the satanically inspired answer is false. Men can get pregnant. Women have penises. It's all, it's all a construct. Like I say, they should have had an essay question to see what he, what the kid would have said. What is a woman? You know, it's really bad when a Supreme Court justice asks a simple question, what is a woman? Uh, I'm not a biologist. No, you're not even a lawyer. You're an idiot. You're a reprobate, and you're on the Supreme Court stinking it up, ruining our nation. We, we are in, we're in a world of hurt here, people. This student answered the questions correctly. And because he told the truth, he's a pariah and he had to fail. Now, the student's mother was not happy about the failing grade given to his son. And so the mother wrote a letter to the Jason Rance radio show on that radio station I mentioned, expressing her frustration and anger. Now, here's something that's interesting. She 
up until recently, would have been considered on the left of the political spectrum, a liberal, whatever you want to call it, uh, uh, you know, a regular, reliable Democrat vote. And, and she describes this whole thing as bizarre. Now, the mother's not really worried about the grade because the school is promising it'll never be a part of any official transcript. So it doesn't really matter that, you know, the grades are meaningless. <laughs> grades are meaningless anyway in the woke schools. If you, if you tow their political line, you just get pushed right through. You, you, even if you can't read or write or do basic arithmetic, doesn't matter. Even if you don't know the first thing about history. As long as you know that 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 women can have penises and men can give birth, hey, then you're good to go and, and leave our school. She's worried about the kind of teachers at that school for the first. I see this is a mother that thought being politically correct was the right thing to do in Seattle, and she's having second thoughts. She said her son, a tenth grader, has already been called a racist. Uh, the F word has been used that he is effed and he's a product of a, uh, a patriarchy that teaches young boys not to care about me i mean about anything and advised him that he shouldn't use the term straight to identify because calling yourself a straight heterosexual male is offensive do you have any children in a school in Seattle? Get them out of there before Satan grabs them and pulls them straight into the pits of hell. Because that's where the teachers are grabbing onto these kids and trying to take them down with them. Those, the teacher that gave that exam, I believe with every ounce of my being, and argue with me and write me if you think I'm wrong. These teachers have violated 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. They have given themselves over to a satanic lie, willingly knowing the truth when they gave into the lie. This They were not deceived. They willingly made the choice to follow these demons. And they have now sealed their eternal fate, and there's nothing that can be done to undo it. Get your children out of the satanic sewers that are pulling your children into the depths of hell. What is the point of a public school if it teaches kids things that are just blatantly unscientific? It just confuses them more when you have teachers that are biologically confused themselves, mentally ill, satanically possessed. When are Christians going to do something? When is your local little church going to do something about it? Or is your church, oh, we're too small, Bob. We can't do anything. We just, we just get together on Sunday, uh, the, 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 left, the few of us that are remaining. We're, we're just waiting till Jesus comes. We're poor. Shut up and just get over it. Your church is as poor as you want it to be. It is committed as you are. If you have that attitude, I'm working on projects to help, not just my little church here in Seven Mile. I don't care if I just have a handful of people. We're going to continue on acting in faith to make a difference, not just here, but but in many states. I know that 
churches are small and it's not easy to start a school. And I'm not, I'm not asking you to start a, you know, a full kindergarten to 12th grade school or a college. I'm not asking you to do that at all. But maybe in your small town and small church, we can cooperate together and come up with a way to help parents educate their children outside of this satanic and awful system. I'm working on it. I've got a young man that I'm still talking to. We're working on this. I'm talking to lawyers to properly incorporate this. We need a parallel society if you hadn't figured it out. What does the Bible say? Get out from among them and do not touch the unclean thing. Why do we keep our kids in these unclean places that'll destroy their heart, their soul, their mind, and lead them right into hell? Because many parents are too lazy or too cheap. Well, we don't have any money. I know, I, I just explained inflation. But you're also not trusting what God can do and what God's people should be doing but refuse. I'm going to spend some time next week. I do want to get into the Christmas spirit toward the end of next week. But I wanted to share these stories about inflation, destroying how people are. That's why mom and dad both have to work to pay all these bills and taxes and the ever-increasing expectations of this secular world. I get it more than you could possibly understand. I'm retired, so I watch the income that we've set aside for our life just dissipating faster than we anticipated. So I have to trust God for guidance. But I'm not going to stop doing what God's called me to do. Mom, Dad, Grandpa, Grandma, Great Grandpa, Great Grandma, it's time for you to step up to the plate. If you're in a small church, it's time to say, we've got to do something or you need to find a church that will. That's probably the only excuse you have to leave one. They're not being obedient to what God has called them to do. It's not just gathering for fun, music, and fellowship. It's a gathering to learn and read the scripture and empower you to be disciples in your community and to take back the things that God gave you and the church to do to begin with. Well, I'm going to be getting into this next week a lot more. I got my pro the program for the weekend is already planned. This will definitely be leading in the next week. And I'll talk about the Roku TV channel we're launching as well. Yeah, we're doing that too. I'm going to use everything we can get our fingers on to get the word out. Do you believe in the ministry? Would you consider supporting us? Go to our website, truth2ponder.com, truth2ponder.com. Look for the support tab or make a check or money order payable to Ancient Word Radio, Ancient Word Radio, Post Office Box 510, Post Office Box 510. The city is Chilhowee, C-H-I-L-H-O-W-I-E, Chilhowee, Virginia, 24319. Once again, Ancient Word Radio, Post Office Box 510, Chilhowee, Virginia, Chilhowee, Virginia, 24319. That's 24319. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, Truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's Truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to Ponder. 
Shining the light of truth in a darkening world.